we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, send peace and blessings upon our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, upon his family, his companions, and those who follow them until the end of time. Inshallah, before we start, if the brothers can once again do their best to make as much room as you possibly can, it will be super, super appreciated, mashallah. Beginnings, you know, beginnings are something very profound. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, He notes that creation was began by praising Him. Alhamdulillahi alladhi khalaqa samawati wal arda wa ja'ala dhulumati wa nur. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the heavens and the earth and He made the night in the day. And he began it by praising himself, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then endings were also met with praise. In Surah Al-A'raf, Allah mentions people will enter paradise. And after they enter paradise, the first thing they will say is, Alhamdulillah. وَقَالُوا الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ الَّذِي هَدَانَ لِهَذَا وَمَا كُنَّا لِنَهْتَدِيَا لَوْ لَا أَنْ هَدَانَ اللَّهِ Praise be to Allah who guided us to this moment. If it was not for Allah, we would not be here. Oftentimes we think about outcomes. You know, we're an outcome-driven society. Very rarely do we think about beginnings. And many of you are going to be starting your education or starting a new year, alhamdulillah, here at the university. So I thought it would be important to talk about beginnings. Imam Ibn Al-Ta'Allah. Al-Arif Billah. He said, you know, Man ashraqat nihayatuhu faqad ashraqat bidayatuhu. He said, you know, from the signs in Al-Hikam, he said from the signs of an illuminated ending, is that the beginning was illuminated. Then he explained this later, he said, Rahimuhullah, وَمِنْ عَلَمَتْ نَجَحْ فِي النِّهَايَةِ الرجوع إلى الله في البداية. 
He said, you know, the signs that your, your ending is going to be successful is that you return to Allah in the beginning. So the Prophet wasallam, we have a number of very beautiful things to think about when we talk about how we start. And we know that he said, alayhi salatu wasalam, Indeed, undertakings, al-amal is different than af'al. Af'al is something that anything can do, like animals. We say af'alu al-hayawanat. But you can't say a'malu al-hayawanat. A'mal, the word amal, carries with it the meaning of like deliberateness, intention, coupled with action. So the Prophet وسلم, he said, The actions are the outcomes of their reasons. What drives us, what pushes us. So the first thing that we should do as we enter into this new phase of life is we should examine our intentions. Why am I here? What's my purpose? What am I trying to achieve? And like, we should examine them deeply. As Sayyidina Omar, he said, Hasibu anfusakum qabal an tuhasabu. Right, audit yourself before you're audited. Sayyidina Imamana al-Muhasibi, Allah yarhamu, thank you. He said, wa'arif nafsak. Like you should know yourself. So we should know the motivations behind why we do things. We should understand the inner workings of our heart. We should figure out like what really pushes us. That's the sign of a sincere person. Allah subhanahu wa said, Ya ayyuhaladina amanu taqullaha wal tanzur ma qaddamat lighad. O believers, be dutiful to your Lord and let each and every soul look for what's going to be harvested tomorrow. Ghad means tomorrow. But actually it means Al-Akhirah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to Al-Akhirah as tomorrow morning as if to say like, don't get it twisted, it's tomorrow. إِنَّهُمْ يَرَوْنَهُ بَعِيدًا وَنَرَاهُ قَرِيبًا So the first is, let me examine myself and ask myself like, why I'm here? What's the real purpose? The second thing is that Moments of success demand certain things around us for them to develop properly. So the first I said is spending time with our soul, spending time examining ourselves. Again, Sahib al-Hikam, he said, Udfun al-khumul. He said, you know, Imam Ibn Ta'Allah in al-Hikam, you should dig yourself in a fertile, deep land. Because what wasn't buried in a deep land will not ripen nor will it grow like there has to be this time for preparation people want without working so we go to the beginning of the prophet of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and there are some things like we can take from that perhaps we can inject into the veins of our own dunya that we can apply some antivirus to our dunya with the seerah of Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the first is, of course, this is the second hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, 
related by Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, who Imam Zuhri said, if you took the knowledge of Sayyidah Aisha, and you took the knowledge of all of the ulama of Medina, her knowledge will outweigh their knowledge. She said, you know, that the Prophet وسلم, the revelation came to him in the form of true dreams, like the dawn. And she said, you know, he never saw a dream except it became true at that time. So she said, until Hubiba ilayhi al khala until he started to love being alone, introspection. It's very important that you enjoy being alone and I enjoy being alone with Allah as much as I like the likes on the gram. If I like the likes on the gram more than the likes from Rabbul An'am wa Rabbul An'am, I have a problem. And now we live in a consumer society that pushes riya, that's founded on the idea of constantly living for the moment of exposure, which is important to a certain degree. Our businesses and our life, of course, run on these things. But if I'm more concerned about the checkbox on Instagram, than checking off fajr or tahajjud or being good to people or living for something transcendent, I need the check in Jannah. I need to hear that. Can you imagine the pleasure? Yesterday I was with a brother, he got his check on the gram. Man, this brother was like, yo, he was lit. I was like, I'm happy for you, but like, hey man, like, relax, bro. That brother was me. I had to check myself. I called my wife, I was like, baby, I got the check. Really? Who paid you? No. The real check. And then Miriam said, son, when your wife says son with a comma, leave. She said, really? You need to look into yourself, bro. I was like, okay. But I started thinking like, am I sad when I miss tahajjud? Am I sad when I miss fasting? Am I sad when I miss, you know, doing something good? To have the same type of happiness. So being alone is important. And then the second thing is having a strong supporting caste, man. And you see Sayyidina Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the first person he goes to is his wife, man. لَقَدْ خَشِيتُ عَلَى نَفْسِي I'm scared for myself. And she says to him, like, don't be scared. Because if we're good, good comes back to us. Like if you're a good person, your friends will echo that goodness back into you. And that's the beauty of good. Good sometimes can be those social crutches that we need to make it through difficulties and doubts and inferiority. We live in a world now who its marketing is largely based on the idea of making us insecure. Man, it's tough. But she says to him, you know, you do Sirat al-Rahm, you're good with your family, you look after the vulnerable, you're charitable, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So four things we took now. Why are we here? Our intention. 
spending time every once in a while with ourselves to have those deep discussions and understand who we are. Having a strong supporting cast that can advise us or check us if needed. As Imam Al-Muhasibi said, Inna man nasahaq faqad ahabbak wa man dahanak faqagashak. Sayyidina Muhasibi said, whoever advises you loves you. Whoever flatters you cheated you. And then the last is mentors. It's very important to have mentorship. So Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his wife immediately she says, let's go to Waraqa ibn Nawfa. And they go to him and they present to him the challenges that the Prophet had incurred, this incredible moment of success. He said, that's the same angel, the angel that came to you is the angel that was sent to Sayyidina Musa, prophethood. So the mentor, someone that can help temper and nuance situation. As I get older, I realized something. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're any smarter. It just means you have less of an excuse to be stupid. Seriously. Because if we look in the world today, most of the people doing crazy stuff in the world are over 50. And oftentimes they'll say, young people need mentors. No, old folks need mentors too. Sheikh Sha'rawi said a child should be taught by his parents and her parents and his or her grandparents. Because the child will teach them how to live. The parents will teach the child how to earn. And the grandparents will teach the child how to die. So there's always the need for interlocutors. Always the need for people that I can bounce things off of. That's a sign of a healthy emotional person. I'm so comfortable. I could take criticism, and I may take criticism more sincerely than I take praise. And that's why Sayyidina Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Inna Dina Nasiha. The religion is about advice. And Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, Amir al-Mu'mineen, used to say, La yuflihu qawmun la yuhibbun al-nasihin. He said, people won't succeed who don't love to have people around them who can sincerely advise them. So as we start this year, alhamdulillah, this is like one of the greatest times you ask anyone who's been in college, it's like one of the greatest times of your life. It's amazing, man. It's just a few years away from, you know, omnius debt, <laughs> right? But it's like a great time, you know? But having sincerity, having the maturity and the intelligence to be alone with ourselves at times, having a supporting cast, and having mentorship are four qualities that really, really help people succeed. Not just in dunya, but in akhirah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us insha'Allah, to be from those who love Allah and Allah loves them. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us insha'Allah from الصالحين وأوليائه المقربين أقول قولي هذا أستغفر الله لي ولكم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا رسول الله سيد الأولين والآخرين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين 
إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه في الأولين وفي الآخرين وفي الملئ الأعلى يا رب العالمين The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was like very keen to offer people advice especially in beginnings in beginnings of great moments and oftentimes his advice would start with dua I always find it really beautiful that the, the great Sahaba are people that the Prophet prayed for not just because of the barakah of his dua sallallahu alaihi wasallam but like you know when someone makes dua for us it can kind of haunt us you know that dua becomes maybe something that we try to aspire for actually there was a funny story when I was in college there was a brother mashallah his mom before he left home and came to the US she said you know you know, may Allah open doors for you. So he never been to the grocery store before. So we went to the grocery store and the door opened. <laughs> and then he said to us, he had dua, ummi stajab, my, my, my mom's dua was answered. And we said, no man, that's the automatic. I said, no, don't tell him, don't tell him. Be a good guy. Your mom's dua is following you everywhere you go. But subhanAllah, if you look at Sayyidina Ibn Abbas, the Prophet grabs him, he makes dua for him. Sayyidina Aisha, the Prophet grabs her, makes dua for her. Sayyidina Ali, the Prophet grabs him and makes dua for him. Sayyidina Hussein, Sayyidina Hassan, the Prophet makes dua for them. Sayyidina Umar, and then these people become something, right? Like the dua of the Prophet is what kind of sets them on their way. When I became Muslim, I took Shahada, the, the brother, he started crying. Sheikh Abdurrahman from Marcy Avenue. I said to him, why are you crying? He said, I made dua, Allah will guide you two years ago. When I first saw you, I said, oh Allah, guide this guy. He needs guidance. He said, what? what? Oh. He said, yeah, but I saw that dua. So the first is that the Prophet teaches us the importance of making dua for things. Like constantly have that hope. You know Imam Ibn Hajr, when he read about Imam al-Nawawi, he went and he made Umrah and he drank from Zamzam and he said, Oh Allah, make me like a Nawawi. Always being motivated through our dua. The second thing is that those people that he made dua for, in those moments where he either left them, which is a new beginning, to be away from Sayyidina Muhammad is a new start, he would give them profound advice like Sayyidina Mu'adh, be good to people, O Mu'adh. Sayyidina Ibn Abbas, may Allah make you the mutajim of the Qur'an. And he becomes, subhanAllah, the mutajim of the Qur'an. What would the advice of the Prophet be to us as all of us teachers and students? We move into a new year, a new semester. Is the advice of the Prophet to Sayyidina Ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhumah, and the Prophet ﷺ is a public intellectual. You know, one of the disasters of the Muslim world is that the ancient schools like Al-Azhar where I studied and other places adopted the modern academic model, not in the way that they teach, but in the way of crafting the private intellectual who only publishes in journals. The ulama of Azhar used to be more Cornell West than they were Stephen Hawking. But now you find the great, great scholars of the Ummah, 
are not accessible to the people, subhanAllah. They're not reachable. The Prophet ﷺ walked in the markets and engaged the people. There are numerous narrations where he even rode on donkeys with people. And the donkey in those days, you know, is like the worst type of transportation compared to the camel. The donkey is the Prius, no disrespect, of domesticated animals. We actually used to have a Prius. But still he would ride the donkey and then he would ride it with people. So Ibn Abbas said, Kuntu Radifan, you know, I was riding a donkey with the Prophet. And he said, Ya Ghulam, oh young person, I'm going to teach you something. Something which is, another narration said, words of wisdom. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he did the same thing with Sayyidina Mu'adh. Radiyallahu anhu. Ya Mu'adh. Labbayka ya Rasulullah wa sa'adayk. To be with the people is a sign of prophetic scholarship. And he said, Ihfadhi laha yahfadhk. Be mindful of Allah. And Allah will be mindful of you. Look after your relationship with Allah. And Allah will look after your relationship with him. Imam Ibn Jawzi, he said, you know, I wrote 33 pages explaining this statement. And the only reason I stopped is I didn't want to bore the reader. But I just gave it a drop from the ocean. Some ulama said the statement, is Islam. Meaning, spiritually, I should be cautious of having a good assumption of Allah, having a good assumption of my fellow believers. And physically, I should be mindful of how I use my limbs. In Egypt, we had a Sheikh, Sheikh Irfan. In Quran, mashallah, Sheikh Irfan was over 90 years old. And subhanAllah, he lived in Maadi. And we used to go and read Quran to him. And I saw this with my own eyes. When people were not reading the Qur'an to him, he struggled to maintain his faculties. But when we read the Qur'an to him, subhanAllah, it was like he was 22 years old or something. In all the qira'at. So somebody asked him, Shaykh, how is it that like when the Qur'an is recited, you're like you have this incredible energy. He said, these eyes and these ears, I protected them for Allah when I was young. So Allah protected them for me now that I'm old. So setting my course in being a person who lives for Allah. The second thing he said, If you ask, ask God. It doesn't mean don't ask people. But it means even when I ask people, I know, Everything is from Allah. Having that relationship with Allah. Why turn to Him? Once we were in a mall, also in Egypt, called City Stars. And we were with the Sheikh, and he wanted to buy a toaster. So suddenly he left, and he went to the Musalla. He came back, I said, Sheikh, what happened? He said, I made istikhara, I don't know which toaster to buy. I said, man, this is like LeBron James spirituality right here. This is a first round draft pick. 
He's like, when do you pray istikhara? I was like, yeah, I'd rather not comment on that. <laughs> like in the face of impending doom. If I thought Thanos, I would pray istikhara. He's like, no, no, إِذَا سَدْفَسْ And then the Prophet said, إِذَا سْتَعِنْ فَاسْتَعِنْ And if you seek al-awn, when you seek help in the things you do, seek Allah. What does it mean? It's something deeper than just seek Allah's help. It means seek the ending with Allah. Because the help is that I'm looking beyond the actual moment, which is something which is going to come and go. وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ but I seek the help of Allah by seeing beyond the moment and seeing the hereafter. And that's why the Prophet said to worship Allah as though you see him. Even though you can't see him, you know he sees you. And then the Prophet reminds us of the dangers of peer pressure. You know, the first example of peer pressure in history was shaitan. That's why when he talked to Adam and his wife, he used a plural form. Nahnu, nahnu. We, we. It's a bunch of people that wanted to tell you this, but because I like you, because I got your back, I'm telling you. That's the feel. The Prophet says, Wa'lam, know that if an entire community came together to benefit you, they could not benefit you unless Allah allowed it. And if an entire community came together to harm you, they could not harm you unless Allah allowed it. Years ago, in India, one of the great scholars of Hadith, during the British occupation, he was a wanted man. Why? Because he was a teacher of Hadith. SubhanAllah. That was the only reason. So, there was no Instagram back then, so nobody really knew what he looked like. And he was standing in Hyderabad, and suddenly the British soldiers started running towards him. I heard this from my teacher from India in Hadith. So the Shaykh, he went like this. He took a step back. And they said to him, Are you Shaykh Lajapuri? Now they said to him, Was Shaykh Lajapuri here? He said, Yeah, he was just standing here a second ago. <laughs> and they ran off. <laughs> then somebody asked him, Man, you didn't freak out? He said, the Prophet said that if an entire nation wants to hurt you, they can't hurt you except with Allah. If they want to help you, they can help you except with Allah. So as we move throughout the year, especially into 2020, as a prophetic community, we have a responsibility to stand up for what's correct. And we may be scared, you know. Up until now, there is no CWVE, right, counting white violent extremism. There's just CVE. But 73% of all the hate crimes in this country now are committed by my folks. But they're not getting pulled off planes. I haven't seen a secondary in JFK that says, white people. Our community continues to be plagued by structural, political, and cultural Islamophobia on the right and on the left. I would argue that the Islamophobia on the left is more sinister than it is on the right because it's more subliminal. It smiles at us, but then it eats us. So we have to be brave. And we have to stand and know that without Allah, no one can help us and no one can benefit us. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by all of his names and attributes to protect our brothers and sisters in Turk East Turkestan. 
We ask Allah to bless the Uyghur community who are now suffering through an incredible, incredible challenge. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Kashmir, subhanAllah, who have been like muted from the earth. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to strengthen them and to allow us to be a means of helping them find their dignity. We pray for our brothers and sisters this week in Egypt, again, not on the radar. Around 75 people were killed. Pray, inshallah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow the Arab Spring to see the true fruit of the Arab Spring. Pray for our brothers and sisters in, in Palestine. Pray for our brothers and sisters in Africa. We pray for our family in Puerto Rico. Also, again, totally ignored. We ask Allah to protect the people from this impending hurricane. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us be agents of peace and tranquility in the city. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us tawfiq as we enter in this new year. Ask Allah to bless us with our parents, with our spouses, with our families. We ask Allah to help us have a good assumption of our fellow Muslims. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the ummah of the Prophet beloved to us. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us strength, to give us the bravery to be as good as we fear we can become. Ask Allah to forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings and to accept us as we struggle to improve our lives. We ask Allah to cure our sick brothers and sisters and those who may be struggling with anxiety or may have been triggered in these few days. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placate, inshallah, those challenges. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite us with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that we will see the face of Al-Habib and that the Prophet will look at us and say our names and he will smile and he will offer us to drink from his hawd. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enter us into Jannah without hisab. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamu ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.